Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for a Norm McDonald's 1998 comedy masterpiece, Dirty Work, I would suggest you check eBay. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're sly looking for the rest of the family stone, it's now out on DVD. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the CEO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots and predictive analytics built specifically for law firms. You can find out more about that at www.gideon.legal. And lastly, I do a lot of stuff. You can listen to my other other podcast, The Lobby List, a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, on iTunes. So subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. First, I'd like to thank our newest sponsor, TimeSolve. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. To find out more, visit their website at www.timesolve.com. So that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V, no E, dot com. Next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. In addition, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AnswerOne. AnswerOne is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWERONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. My guest today is Michael Mogil. Michael is the president and CEO of Crisp Video Group, which offers video production and marketing services to law firms. In college, Michael passed the MCAT, but decided to become an entrepreneur instead of a doctor. Crisp was recently recognized as in the top 10% of the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies in the United States, and for three years in a row, 2016, 17, and 18, has placed in Atlanta's top 100 fastest growing private companies and best places to work. Michael himself has been featured in Forbes, Inc., Under 30 CEO, AVO, the American Bar Association, the National Trial Lawyers Association, PILMA, the Huffington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. Not bad. And now he's also a published author. His first book, The Game-Changing Attorney, was released in November 2018 and is available now on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. Look at that, a traditional bookstore. Welcome to the big show, Michael Mogul. Thank you for having me. All right, this is going to be fun. So first question. I always try to ask them that's not related to what you do for a living now. So let's talk about something that you could have done for a living. So I didn't know this about you until I recently read your website bio again, but you almost became a doctor. So 
let's assume for a second that you had taken that career path. Now, which television or film doctor would you have been most like? Wow. Okay. So first one, first one that comes to mind, maybe like house, right? Because I, it, it, it is interesting because even in, in, we'll probably talk about kind of the, the story of crisp and kind of my background and a lot of the things that we've done have been very non-traditional. So I think it's always looking for that pathway. Plus you add in, you know, the aspect of being a complete psychopath, right. And doing very crazy things. So I would say that that's <laughs> probably the one I most closely aligned with. All right. I like that. That's pretty good. I feel like you've thought about that question before. You know, I, uh, I did. It's funny. You sent me the questions and I'm of the variety where I like, I read the first one and I say, okay, sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And sh- should I watch house? I've never seen, I've never actually seen an episode. Is it good? I, I don't know if the show is still on, but it, it's pretty good, right? It's it's a it's a similar similar kind of formula episode to episode, but um, yeah, it's uh it's, it's pretty witty. I, you know, what's interesting, it's like I don't know if the rest of these questions have to do with um like <laughs> doctors or lawyers or anything. I mean, we could really go in any direction. So I'm actually very excited. Actually, every single remaining question is about House, the TV show. So buckle up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, let's focus on your actual company and what you do. So your company is Crisp Video Group, uh, and you're focused on video marketing. And I think you made that choice kind of early, at least in terms of the legal industry. Like, you were doing video marketing, I think, before video marketing was a thing for lawyers. And in fact, you didn't make your first sale until your 22nd pitch, right? So why did you choose to go in this direction of video marketing in the first place, and why did you stick with it even after you receive so many initial rejections? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So I think with video marketing, my, even early on, so we started the company in 2012. And at the time, I mean, I was hearing things like, you know, there's really no future in online video. It, it, even if there is, you're not going to be able to compete with the agencies. Everything's going to TV. But I was really looking at where, like, where consumer attention was going. And what I was seeing was just that, you know, people were really engaging online. This is when YouTube really started to pick up. And, and I saw that of all the different content types, video was the one that was really the most engaging. And now, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. If people ask, like, why video, the, the response is almost akin to, like, why oxygen, right? Because you don't really have to explain <laughs> this one anymore. But in 2012, yes. you did, right? I, I'd get on the phone and I'd have to say things like, well, if a picture's worth a thousand words, I'd have to go do that whole thing and say, like, video is great. And they're like, well, I, don't, I don't know, right? Now, it's, it's, a, it's a much easier sell. But I'll tell you, it, it, um, it, it's so true. I mean, I went through 21 um, consecutive pitches. And when I say pitches, I don't mean like, you know, emailing. Like this is, you know, one-on-one meetings. I'd create these proposals. <laughs> I'd meet these people. I'd drive out, you know, and just actually sit down with them. And, and I'm hearing no, no, no. And this is, I mean, this went on for uh, months probably before we'd gotten our first client, which was on number 22, but that's pretty discouraging. And I, and I think that a reasonable human being, I mean, maybe, you know, you hang in there and you say you go seven, you know, seven no's or 13 or 16, right? At like what point? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I even remember calling my dad. I forget. This was probably like, like no number 15. And I was a few months in and I had no money. And, you know, this, the whole thing is bankrupt. And I was telling him about it. And I was like, man, I've been rejected like 15 times. What do you think I should do? And he's like, I think you should shut the whole thing down and go back to school. Right. And like go back to, to medical school. And I'm yeah. like, okay, well, thank yeah. you. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of funny because for whatever reason, and this is like the million dollar question, um, I just hung in there. Right. I had com- committed mm. to, to going down a path. And I think early on when you're, you know, on the entrepreneurial career, it's about, 
you know, proving people, you know, proving people wrong, that there is really a future here. And I think the more as you mature and grow up, it becomes less about anybody else and more about doing things because you want to do them. But uh, early on, probably very, very stubborn. And that was good at the time because um, had I not hung in there for number 22, which, by the way, you cannot make this up. Deal number 22 came after 21 failures. And I walk into a Texas roadhouse. My hostess that takes me to the table, her mom. <laughs> Not a literal Texas roadhouse, the restaurant. Like, her, her, so her mom is the administrative assistant to a, uh, to a CEO in a farming co-op that is like, it's a, <laughs> like, so she's like, hey, we're looking for a, uh, a person to film some videos. And we've worked with this one guy who specializes in agricultural video. And we've worked with him for the last like eight years. Um, but would you be interested in like submitting uh, you know, a proposal? We're probably going to go with him. But would you be interested? And I, I said, of course I'd be interested, right? So um, I drive <laughs> out there. Like it, and this was, by the way, this is in like Leesburg, Georgia. So I don't think anybody listening <laughs> even knows what Leesburg, Georgia is. But it's roughly three or four hours from Atlanta, right? There is no 4G or LTE, right? So it's Leesburg, Georgia. So I had to drive out really, really early, like probably 3 o'clock in the morning. And I got a speeding ticket on the way over, right? So I get pulled over and the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, the guy thought I was out, you know, out from the night before or something because I'm like wearing a suit and no, I'm really just on the way to a meeting. Um, and that was already terrible because you have to remember I had no money at the time. This was, you know, I didn't yeah. even know how I was going to pay my next month's rent. I show up to the meeting in time. They, they bring me in. They're not terribly excited about meeting with me. I think they gave me all of five minutes to present. They weren't really paying attention. And they said, thank you. We'll call you. So I'm pretty demoralized. And then when I'm driving back, I get another speeding ticket. Like this is, I'm not a, like a terrible driver. I, there was, this was like, nice. trap. like this is at the end of the month. Um, and the total of the speeding tickets was like over a thousand dollars. And when you've got roughly, you know, three to $500 to your name, you go negative, yeah. right? That's, that's a pretty rock bottom moment. So there's like levels. I don't know if we can use profanity on this podcast, but like there's levels of feeling They'll like beep it out. <laughs> and then there's, there's a level below that. So I was like two or three levels below that. And, and I, at that time I was like, all right, I think, you know, I think it's time. Uh, but like, you know, what do you know? I get a call. Um, they ended up moving forward with us. It was number 22. Um, I ended up traveling with these farmers for three months straight, like all across the Southeast and like just we filming videos working with farmers. And then several years later, if you fast forward by accident, we had an attorney reach out to us who had no online presence and was really looking to stand out. We produced a video for her that looked more like a Michael Bay type trailer than your traditional law firm video because we just didn't know how the traditional law firm videos were done and her business blew up and the phones you know ringing off the hook and i at that point I'm, I'm like well we're working with everybody we're working with like dennis and you know financial advisors and coca-cola and you know and, and the big brands and um but what's going on in the legal industry because we just did a video and her business is, is like you know crushing it um, and what i saw was an industry that had been doing things in, in advertising in a very similar way for the last 10 15 years and i realized that because it was getting so competitive and so saturated that there was a need to differentiate and stand out. And the way to do so was through storytelling, right? And to really communicate what set an individual firm apart, like what was their story? Why did they decide to become an attorney? And we, we really focused our business. And now all we do is work with attorneys and law firms. And that's been our core focus. That's why, it's why we even wrote the book on it. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a great story, by the way. So one thing I learned from that story was that if I'm driving through Leesburg, Georgia, early in the morning, I got to watch out for the speeding ticket quotas. So that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. Now, if, I will say that, you know, in hindsight, this is an awesome story. But when it's happening to you, you don't 
think at that point, this is going to oh, make a sucks. really great story yeah. one day. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. just thinking, like, there's no crystal ball that says it's going to be fine. <laughs> You'll become the fastest growing video marketing company in the country six years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you weren't thinking that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So let's get to some specific video marketing tactics that I want to talk about. So you're a master of the art, right? You're the Michael Bay of legal videos. So what are the checkpoints you're looking for when you try to figure out, like, is this a quality business video or not? What are the high marks? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think a lot of times people get so tied up in, um, you know, cameras, someone using the lens, the production quality. And I'll tell you that the content <laughs> yeah. that converts the best, whether it's on TV, whether it's online, really anywhere, you put the video in an email, um, the, the videos that convert the best are the ones that establish an emotional connection. And the videos that establish an emotional connection are the ones that are ultimately telling a story. So for example, I mean, we just did that on, on this podcast, right? If I went right in, I'm giving video marketing tips. People are like, who is this young trust fund kid? You know, and like listening to all this stuff. And <laughs> they wouldn't know that like, you know, this was the story of the founding of the business. There was no trust fund. I mean, and when we reached out for help and a loan, you know, the help never came. But I think that type yeah. of stuff is important to establish. And it's, and it's no different when a law firm um, is producing content. So really, like what we look for is, is there a clear value proposition? Are you able to answer the questions? Like if somebody's watching, it's like, why should I trust you? Um, what sets you apart? Um, ultimately, why should I hire you and not your competition? And it's not enough to just say, you know, hey, we provide legal services because there's typically thousands of other law firms in the exact same market that are doing so. Um, so it's not a real differentiating factor. So really the main things are like story, value proposition, emotional connection. And I'll tell you like, even a poor quality video on an iPhone that has those elements will outperform a super high quality video without them. But if you can combine the two and have both high quality and the storytelling, the emotional connection, like you're unstoppable. Excellent. All right. So the alternative to that is what makes for a bad video other than the opposite of what we just talked about. Uh, I think a bad video is when there's a very clear disconnect between the messaging in the, in the video and then who the audience is. Right. So if you're gotcha. catering yeah. to the common man and you're rolling around in a, in a Ferrari, right. I mean, it's, there's a clear disconnect between that, that and the audience. Or if you're not really diving into like the pain points of your audience, right? Like what they're, you know, perhaps that, you know, whatever their legal issue is, is a very sensitive matter. They may feel very uncomfortable even reaching out to an attorney or they may not, you know, know that they should reach out to an attorney. Uh, I think that's probably one of the bigger ones. Or, you know, I think there's been legal videos that are funny. And I think sometimes that works if that's like your audience. Like we see this a lot of like criminal defense attorneys, right? So um, if you're like, you know, the Law Hawk videos, that's funny, but that's generally attracting probably more, again, I'm just saying this candidly, typically more low value, um, like clients in cases, um, typically oh, yeah. younger demographic. Yeah. Um, if yep. somebody's got a serious, serious, serious legal issue, um, they're generally spending a bit more time doing research and vetting multiple attorneys and multiple firms that they don't want the guy that's, you know, uh, driving around a scooter, you know, or, or you know, having explosions and things like that go off. I mean, this is their life. And this is, you know, in many cases, also affects their family. So um, I think that, you know, typically a bad video is one where there's just a clear disconnect between the messaging and the audience, um, or when like, it's not really dialing into what the pain points of the audience are. Gotcha. All right. So don't be funny. That should be easy for most lawyers. <laughs> you can be Sorry. funny. Now there is, I, I think to. there's a place for it. Right. So like, I think there's times where, 
Um, if there's something going on on social media and it's like viral, like the ice bucket challenge or like what was it, like the mannequin challenge, I think you can do things that are great for firm culture, right? So that like tells people that, yeah, yeah. you know, that these are real human beings behind the firm. But I wouldn't put that on the homepage of the website as like the very first thing that someone um, like sees if they've got a uh, birth injury and they need a birth injury attorney. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, cut. Uh, sorry, I've always wanted to say that. And we're talking about videos. <laughs> so let's take a short break. Here are some of the things you should buy. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at TimeSolve.com. That's www.timesolv. Leave off the e. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V dot com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Thanks for sticking around. I never left. I'm talking with Michael Mogul of Crisp Video Group. We're here to talk about video marketing for law firms, and Michael just got another speeding ticket during the break. Um, so, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> a lot of business owners, including lawyers, I think are kind of camera shy. I know I have a hard time getting people on video conferences to actually like show their face. Is it hard for you to get lawyers to appear in their own videos? And do you think it's better to have like actual business owners showing up in their videos or would you prefer actors or is it better to have like a combination of real people and actors? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have, we've compared the two and we find that when you feature real people and real clients and real attorneys, those videos um, significantly, they convert much better. Uh, so it's always better okay. for you to be in your own video. I mean, we've seen uh, there's so many examples of videos and commercials that like kind of turf them off into actors. But the reality is, like, this video is about you. It's your story. It's important to be authentic. I think the authenticity is the most important thing. Uh, and you, the fact that you're not super polished that connects and resonates with people. And sometimes, you know, we don't ever do like a, a script. I mean, we create a full storyboard, but there's never like a teleprompter or anything like that. Uh, so it, it's just, it's really important to be authentic. That's the biggest thing because you're ultimately looking to connect with the person on the other uh, side of the screen. Oh, that's, and I mean, unless you can hire like Bradley Cooper or somebody like that, right? I'd probably do that. Well, if you can get Bradley like, Cooper, we had otherwise. somebody that was going to have, uh, I kid you not, uh, was going to have Barack Obama as one of the client testimonials because they were done like the civil really? rights case and like, yeah, uh, um, unfortunately it had never come through. Um, so Barack was busy at the time. I'm shocked. But, um, <laughs> but hey. You I think you might have some better video, things great. to do. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So this is good. So now we're diving into like specific video production questions. So how about like the use of text on screen in videos, including clickable links? Is that important? Is there a way to overdo it? Or is it essential in terms of relaying a call to action and uh, kind of underscoring the messaging? Yeah, I, I think that text can, can play a role. It works especially well in like social videos. So if you're running a video, let's say on Facebook or on, um, let's say Instagram, a lot of times when people are browsing on their phones, they uh, or even on their on their desktop computers, they 
the videos will, will automatically start playing and they'll watch these things without sound. So if you've got um, captions or if you're like featuring some prominent messaging, that can work. Um, but I think that the real thing to do with text is captions like that works well i think anything else and you kind of risk dumbing it down too much so you don't have to throw up on there like seven million dollar settlement like i got paid because then again like you're breaking the immersion right so the whole thing should really be about um having a narrative and connecting um as opposed to saying like you know i'm a lawyer hire me now like if you've been injured do this and because at the end of the day if like if anyone takes one thing away from this entire podcast it is if you can simply differentiate yourself you can stand out from every single other law firm in your market and what some what that means oftentimes just doing things differently right because if they're all marketing in the same way get the same messaging telling you they're going to fight for you and they're going to provide aggressive representation and there's 4000 guys saying that and they're all competing for airtime right what is the difference that like it will make if you create the exact same type of piece of content and you occupy like 1% of that airtime. Like it's, it's not going to move the needle, but if you simply uh, p- produce this content in a way where um, you're respecting your audience, right? Because nowadays, especially online, you're dealing with a more discerning consumer um, with them. They want to be educated. They care more about why you do what you do, why you exist, perhaps even for reasons beyond making money, like the impact that you make in your community. For example, uh, if you're communicating all those things, um, you know, that's where people are able to connect with you and that's where they decide to work with you that they see that there's a level of personalized attention. Yeah, that's good. And I, I hadn't thought of the sound issue. Like, it is true. A lot of people watch videos without the sound on anymore. So that kind of segues into my next question. Like, how important is sound quality in recording videos? How much time do you spend kind of refining sound capture, potentially adding other sounds into the mix, like music? Like, what part does that play in your process? So music's huge. Uh, just because music is really what drives emotion. I mean, if, if people watch like the Shawshank Redemption, I mean, you remember like Andy Dufresne when he's escaping, um, like that penitentiary and he's crawling through a mile of, you know, the, the, the sludge. Are you going to swear again, uh, Michael? Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of <laughs> monitored myself there. Uh, but everybody <laughs> well remembers that music. Or if you're, you know, when you hear like yes. the Hans Zimmer track come on or if it's something where it's like inception. So it's the same thing with video, right? So whatever the theme of your video is, if you're finding music that aligns with that, so whether it's super aggressive or whether it's much more emotional, whatever that might be, um, that really supports. Like, so if you combine that with, with the visuals, it really supports the messaging there. And it actually helps people internalize what they're seeing. So the more senses that you're able to engage, so like they're watching something, they're hearing something, um, you know, if, if they could smell it even better, but um, like the reality is like the more senses you engage, the better retention is going to be. That's how people learn. Um, and that's also how they're going to remember you. So absolutely. And, but as far as like uh, just general audio and things like that, I mean, you, you do want to use a good quality mic. So especially if you're filming outdoors or something like that, where you can have wind noise and so on. Um, it, I think a lot of times, it's just appearing professional because video at the end of the day is something that's very front facing. This is your brand, right? And a lot of times people, consumers that don't know you, that's the first impression that you make with them. So it's really important that you don't come across as the person that's like filming, um, like in your home. And then there's like, uh, I don't know the dog <laughs> walks by and then, you know, it's yeah. just, uh, all, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're saying that we're the best and we're world-class. How many times have you seen the Shawshank Redemption? I I watch the Shawshank Redemption every single time that thing comes on TV. I Yeah, even if it's like halfway in, like I'll sit down with the wife and I'm just like, that's it. You know, they, <laughs> they got me, you know? Oh, your wife watches it with you? Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, she hadn't seen it the first time and I was like, wait, what? Um, so 
we actually went back and I sat there and watched the whole thing with her because I think it's essential. I can't get my wife to watch the Shawshank Redemption or any good movie, really. It's like one of my crosses to bear, I suppose. <laughs> All right, everybody. So here's our message for today. Get busy living or get busy dying. Now, this sounds like a good time to pause before we come back for part three of the show. While I look for my best plaid shirt, listen to some more words from our sponsors. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Thanks again. You came back. We hope you enjoyed the offerings at the craft services table, particularly the foie gras. Now let's get back to our conversation with Michael Mogul of Crisp Video Group, who's talking with me about video marketing for lawyers. All right, Michael. So I think when most lawyers consider video marketing, they're looking at like an introductory video on their homepage. Um, that's kind of like a more visceral method for them connecting with clients, I think is the thinking. But what other sorts of videos should law firms be considering and how can video marketing become part of a broader content marketing scheme for a lawyer? Yep. And, and Jared, you, you hit the nail on the head because that's really what it needs to be. So it really needs to be a, a part of your overall content strategy. It, it really shouldn't just be one video. Just as if you were blogging, you wouldn't just uh, write one blog post and say, that's it, I'm done. Or, you know, to launch one podcast episode like this is something that's important to be doing on a continuous basis so depending on the type of content so like that main firm profile video like we call them brand videos that lives on the website homepage and that one's good for definitely a few years but there's other types of content like faq videos um, individual videos about practice areas client testimonials attorney profiles so it really just depends on where somebody's at if they have never heard of you and they've not, they're not familiar with the firm that's where you really want to hit them with the branding um, or if, at least if nothing else, hit them at educational content. So FAQ videos gotcha. to really draw them in. So whether they're, they may not be looking for an attorney yet, but they are searching for an answer to a legal problem that they have, or let's say they're vetting multiple attorneys. Um, they want to be educated, let's say on the legal process from there. Once you, you know, once you've educated, that's where you can actually support um, some of your content with client testimonials and social proof. Uh, but there's also content, let's say, on social media. I mean, think about what would be the reason why someone would actually follow a law firm's content. I mean, if you would ask yourself, like, why would I like subscribe to my dentist, right? Um, so if you're showing off some of the things that you're doing in your community, right, or even the culture within your office, like the content, not everything has to be legal related. Um, but that's great content because it's really kind of a long game here. Uh, it's making sure that you remain top of mind. Because if yeah. you've ever been on social media, you know that there's a million brands fighting for everybody's attention. And it's not just other law firms. It's like dental offices, bakeries, flower shops, Apple, Best Buy, everyone. And it's really important that um, you're continuously remaining top of mind so that, you know, 
I'll give you an example. A personal injury attorney is not terribly exciting or terribly important to somebody on most days, but on the day that they get injured, it's extremely relevant, right? And they really need their services. So if they remember you and you remain top of mind, there's a very high likelihood that they will reach out to you. Or if a friend of theirs reaches out and say, hey, what was the name of, of that firm we always see on Facebook that's always doing those like funny culture videos or that's showing off all the things that they're doing in their community? Like that stuff is what really helps you stay top of mind. So it's important you're continuously producing content. Yeah. So that's a great segue into my next question is so you've got different types of videos. Now, where do you put them? I, I feel like most law firms will throw these on their website, but talked a little bit about social media. So you've got this main video, you've got the brand videos. Where do you put those videos outside of your website as part of your marketing plan? Yeah. I So I would say the short answer is I think you should put them every single place that your ideal client would spend time. But in most cases, you're right. It's it's your website, it's social media, it's on Facebook, regardless of age. I mean, we're, everybody's on Facebook, yeah. right? Grandparents are on Facebook, <laughs> like it's yes. definitely there. Um, and you, do, you know, just because sometimes all of us don't have the bandwidth to be like marketing everywhere on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube and Vine, you know, and all these places. But the big ones definitely are going to be um, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. So I would definitely hit those big four. Um, you know, if your audience is uh, skews much younger, you can look at Snapchat. I mean, there's always going to be so many different platforms. Um, but I'd say from a cost effectiveness standpoint, I think that there's even, even today, despite everything, right. Um, the, Average number of daily users and monthly active users is the highest on Facebook by a huge margin. Um, it's probably the easiest and most inexpensive to target. I mean, you're talking like a penny per view. And you can target yeah. your audience so you can make sure you're reaching specific people within like a very specific subset that is relevant to your practice area. Um, YouTube is another one. Then um, you can run like YouTube videos uh, to the point where, you know, if you ever, you're ever about to watch a YouTube video and there's like that, that ad that plays that. Sometimes you don't even have the option to skip it. Um, like that is <laughs> yes, extremely inexpensive. Right. Like those those ad spots are very very inexpensive. And I think the the idea is the frequency. So um, you know we we're finding sometimes it takes twelve to twenty touch points before somebody will even reach out. And if you just put you know make a post one time and say well it didn't really work, uh, that's really not enough these days just because of how attention economics works and because there's just so many uh, different brands fighting for people's attention. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's take it back to the start. Pretend I'm a lawyer. Oh, yeah, actually, I'm a lawyer, but let's... Okay, so I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I have a law firm. Let's pretend I have a law firm. I want to get into video marketing. I've done nothing in terms of video marketing. I may be a little bit afraid of it. Like, what's my gateway into producing my first video? Like, what's my pain point? What's an easy step for me to get into this? I think the first, I guess, the gateway into it, if you've done, if you haven't done any other content is simply asking yourself, like, why did I decide to become an attorney? Why did I decide to practice law? Oh, and if you can answer here. that question, yeah, I mean, it's, it really is. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we've seen so many instances where uh, somebody becomes uh, like a immigration attorney because they themselves were immigrants or, uh, you know, they enter into like child adoption claims because they grew up um, and they've gone like from foster home to foster home or a criminal defense attorney, you know, for something to do with their background. And, you know, so whatever that is, it's figuring that out and making sure that that messaging and that story can really get out there. So asking yourself, like, why do I do what I do? Like, why did I decide to become an attorney as opposed to really anything else? I mean, attorneys, are very educated people you could have become a chiropractor, you could have become a veterinarian. Um, why, why an attorney? And, 
you know, typically the answer goes beyond just because of money, right? Because there's a lot of ways to make money and, you know, that's uh, why specifically <laughs> yeah. into the legal profession. And we spend a lot of time in that discovery on the front end, right? So we really, really want to be able to dig, dig in um, because the more you get down into that, um, and if you're able to articulate and communicate that story, that's how you stand out amongst, you know, 4,000 other law firms in your market because your story is unique. That's, it's unique to every single person. Cool, that's great. Okay, so my last video question for you. So this is a two-part question. What was the highest amount of late fees you ever had to pay for a Blockbuster video rental? Or, in the alternative, and if you want to make me feel really, really old, you can just tell me you've never rented a video at Blockbuster, and then I'll hate you forever. You know, I actually, I did, I did rent at Blockbuster. This is like a yes. experience at Excellent. Blockbuster. We think about this. We used to, you know, we, we really take things for granted now because, uh, first of all, the new releases were never available when you'd go there, right? They'd all be checked <laughs> out. And then let's yes. say you finally did get to the front of the line. Um, you'd have to pay the late fees. So I think my highest late fees, <laughs> I don't know. It actually wasn't really that bad, to be honest. It was like $12 or $16 or something. Oh, that's not bad, but, man. But like, then you get the video and you take it home and you're ready to watch it and you've got your popcorn, right? And you plug it in and then you realize the person who rented it last didn't rewind it, right? So you got to put it in the rewinder and you got to rewind it to the beginning. Uh, yeah, we really took things for granted. It's a, it's a tough gig. like, And then I think to myself, like, how many times can I watch Action Jackson this month? I mean, really. So on that note, we've reached the end. The conclusion of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast. We've been talking with Michael Mogul of Crisp Video Group about lawyer and lawyers and video marketing, I should say. Now, I will be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. But if you're feeling nostalgic from my dulcet tones, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Michael Mogul of Crisp Video Group for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Michael, here's your time to shine. Can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you, your new book, and about Crisp Video Group? Absolutely. So you can always uh, learn more about us at CrispVideo.com, C-R-I-S-P. Video.com, but you can actually check out the book. So this is, I spent a year of my life just basically putting in everything that I wish I had known when I started our business. So everything from our process and video marketing and case studies from the fastest growing law firms in America. I mean, we probably did over a hundred interviews and I put it all into the book, uh, especially just basically how you do everything. So you can, you can pick it up on Amazon or at uh, Barnes and Noble. It's the name of the book is just the game changing attorney and at no point in the book do I say you should hire Crisp. Um, this book was really just designed to put the value out there and, and to pay it forward. So we actually, I, I outlined how you can do everything yourself. So I encourage you to check it out. And you can actually we have a website for the book. And it's just GameChangingAttorney.com. Well, I mean, look, like if it's how you do everything, like how could you not buy that, right? So everybody, check out Michael's new book, The Game Changing Attorney. So thanks again to Michael Mogul of Crisp Video Group. And finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. On the next podcast, I will try to work on my pronunciation of Action Jackson. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, 
Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.